Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passion of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which God loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So then remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances so that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So Jesus came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to God. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. With Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone, in him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Tomorrow will mark exactly one year since our first virtual worship service. I've been thinking a lot about those early days of our experience of this pandemic, about the boys leaving school on the Thursday before spring break and then not returning, about grabbing the books and other things from my office that I thought I would want for the few weeks I expected to work from home, about my anxiety for those who would get sick and those who would care for them, about the racial prejudice against, especially against Asians and Asian Americans that I feared would increase. I remember wondering how we would do 
and be church when we couldn't gather in person. We sent an email on March 12th. It read in part as follows, Dear Covenant Community, These are challenging days. Our city is officially in a declared state of emergency. We know and love many people and vulnerable populations. It is important for us to do everything we can to help protect the most vulnerable among us. This is a matter of compassion and justice. To that end, we will not have in-person meetings, including worship, for at least the next two weeks. Community remains vitally important to who we are. We're working on ways to provide community through technology. Starting Sunday at 9 a.m., we will have videos of our online worship service via email, Facebook, and our website. This will enable us to participate in worship this Sunday and next Sunday from our homes. We're also working on ways we can live chat a virtual coffee hour. Please use your own creativity to stay in touch with people in our community. For example, you might consider reaching out to one person a day via phone, text, or email. We will continue to care for each other. We will be doing this care in new ways, and we will continue to focus our decision-making on what is best for the most vulnerable among us. The office will not be physically open beginning tomorrow until at least March 30th. Monique, Jody, and I will be working from home. We will have access to emails and phone calls that come to Covenant. Please reach out if you become ill, ill, or lonely, or need to connect. You can email me or call me. In addition to health concerns, many are experiencing racial prejudice, especially Asians and Asian Americans. In addition to extending our compassion and care to those most vulnerable to illness, we are standing against prejudice and xenophobia. With love and care, Laura. And so we began. We began to find new ways to be church. We began to find new ways to worship and new ways to work together for justice, even while we remained physically apart. We began to tap into creativity that we didn't even know we had. We began to Zoom. For this morning's proclamation, I want to have a conversation with myself from a year ago. You'll see clips of my first virtual proclamation, and then the video will return to me as I am now, a year later. I don't think you'll have any trouble telling current me from year ago me. In these days, we are embodying the word cleave. We will be separated and we are so very much connected. The same disease that is showing us with each moment how interconnected we are is also forcing us apart. We will do what we need to do in order to protect the most vulnerable among us. Our actions in these days matter. We're changing our behaviors, changing our plans, changing our lives. I know that many of you have already canceled spring break plans. I know that you're facing days and days with children without school and college kids home unexpectedly. I know conferences are being rescheduled and there is so much uncertainty. 
when you're worried about money and worried about jobs and about the stock market, we are fearful for our loved ones. We don't want people to get sick. This is hard. This is a lot. And it is okay if we are afraid or disappointed or angry or worried. We get to have our feelings, whatever they are. So feel what you feel and take a deep breath. Maybe go for a walk, say a prayer, come to church and walk the labyrinth. Read through a gospel. You'll be surprised at what you notice when you read through chapter by chapter. Send me an email with what you think is most interesting. Text your neighbors. Make sure they have everything they need. Email a friend. We will get through this together. We will cleave to each other. Connected, but not physically present. Indeed, we have changed our behaviors and our plans and our lives. We've found ways to cleave, to join together even while we've stayed apart. It is still okay to be disappointed or angry or worried. You still get to have your feelings whatever they are. How is it to mark this year for you? I feel many things. Longing, hope. One overwhelming feeling I have is gratitude. I'm grateful for each one of you. I'm grateful for technology and Jody and the volunteers who edit these videos. I'm grateful for Zoom education hour and coffee time each Sunday and getting to see your beautiful faces. I'm grateful for our through the week Zooms and for phone calls and emails. Grateful for the ways we have maintained our connection even while we've stayed physically apart. By keeping our physical distance, we are enabling medical professionals to handle this healthcare crisis. By keeping our physical distance, we are doing the work of compassion and justice for those who are most vulnerable. And so we will keep our distance and we will wash our hands and we will pray and we will call and email and text and we will worship together in this new way. We are part of something much bigger than ourselves. And our behavior in these days is a spiritual act, an act of love. We have been, and indeed we still are, part of something bigger than ourselves. And we have learned just how expansive our sanctuary is, just how enormous our altar continues to be. And the scripture from Ephesians that was read this morning, we, we heard. So Jesus came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, both of us have access to one spirit, to God. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. 
Surely we have heard peace proclaimed to those far off and peace proclaimed to those near. Surely we know what it is to no longer be strangers, but be members of the household of God, a household that includes each place we dwell. We have indeed been built together spiritually, and God has been made known to us in each place. In each place we have found ourselves, God has been there too. And we have found ourselves in many places, physically and mentally, in these days. We have experienced so much grief. So many have died. Strangers, neighbors, friends, family members, our own covenant beloveds, Martha and Anne and Margot, Mary Lee and Charlene. We've grieved for lost jobs, lost connections, and so much more. The pandemic has taken so much away from us. In this year, we've also confronted the violence of racism in our country. We've cried and marched and held vigil for Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and the many other people of color who have been slaughtered. We've read and worked toward being anti-racist, and we will continue our efforts. Together, when we gathered with masks on at Covenant, we were silent for eight minutes and 46 seconds, the time a police officer held his knee on George Floyd's neck. We held silence to honor the black lives who've been murdered victimized and oppressed by police, poverty, injustice, racism, and violence. We held silence because so many people of color have been silenced by the violence of racism and the evils of white supremacy. We rededicated ourselves then to not being silent, to speaking up and working for racial justice. And we've continued that commitment. In this year, we've also found places of joy. Our covenant vegetable garden walks outside, masking up to help others, Zooming for Bible study, seeing which Zoom room we'll be in each Sunday and finding that just like the last Sunday, it's the best one. Phone calls and emails. The Blue Tiger Project and the Covenant Book Club Kids Corner and Youth Group with online games of Pictionary and Would You Rather. There have been celebrations in these days. We found ourselves in many places, physically and mentally, places of joy and sorrow. In the coffee time today, as you saw in the email that went out on Friday, and as you saw modeled in the Time for Children, we will join in a ritual together to honor all that we have lost and all that we've gained in these days. I hope that you'll log on at 11 and mark this year with ritual and community. The scripture from a year ago happened to be a wilderness story. When I prepared for the proclamation a year ago, connecting the experiences of our spiritual ancestors in the wilderness to our own experiences of pandemic, 
I had no idea how connected the stories would turn out to be. And I certainly had no idea how long the pandemic would last. When these wilderness stories are told, they're often told through the lens of a lack of faith. The passage ends with the people asking, is the Lord with us or not? They feel abandoned. They're literally facing starvation and dehydration with no food or water. Their response seems completely reasonable to me. Maybe that's because I'm already wondering how long this wilderness will last. Maybe because I'm already looking with longing toward last Sunday when we were all together. I can't be mad at the Israelites. I can't say, well, God provided before, so how dare they question God or Moses this time? Maybe they are experiencing a lack of faith, but even if they are, I understand it. They have my empathy. Things are hard. They are desperate and angry. And they don't give up. They discover ways to keep going. They find new and creative ways to get nourishment. They learn that tired, sore feet get calluses. They learn to share rather than to hoard. They learn that community can change, can happen in ways they could never have imagined back in Egypt. Their lessons must be our own. We get to feel what we feel, anger, disappointment, fear, and we keep going. We keep going together, even as we're discovering new ways to be together when we cannot be physically present. We are not alone. We might find ourselves asking, as our spiritual ancestors did, is the Lord with us or not? We might find ourselves grumbling and quarreling, I pray we also find ourselves to be more creative than we imagined, more committed to compassion and justice for the most vulnerable in these days. We are still wandering in this pandemic wilderness. I believe we, like our spiritual ancestors, have learned much in these days. And I think, however painful, we can answer, is the Lord with us or not? We can answer in the affirmative, yes, yes, the Lord is with us and will remain with us. We are not alone. We, like our spiritual ancestors, have not given up. We've kept going and we will keep going. We're living our commitment to compassion and justice. And we, thank God, we are not alone. Yes, the Lord is with us. And we've created ways to be together in these days, these months, in this year of staying physically apart. As the author of Ephesians assures us, we are members of the household of God. We're joined together and we grow into a holy temple in the Lord in whom we are built together spiritually 
into a dwelling place for God. God dwells with us. Wherever we are, God is made known to us through love again and again. This has been a challenging year. We have known devastation and we have known joy. I am grateful that we've managed to embody cleave, managed to stay together even while we remained physically apart. We will continue to live into hope, knowing that we will be able to safely gather again in person. And we affirm with more conviction than ever that we are covenant church. The church is the people, that's us, wherever we are. Amen.